If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today we are chatting to Katie, who has a beautiful sleep consultancy business called Katie's Babies, which is a little bit different than what most people think of when they think of um, getting help with sleep. Katie is, well, you're a midwife um, for uh-huh. an hour for 24 years. I think we just figured out. Mm-hmm. And also a, a graduate of Newborn Mothers Collective. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Katie, and, and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a midwife, um, originated from the UK, moved here oh, 14 years ago or something now, a bit longer than that even, um, and came over as a midwife. Uh, and then, yeah, I had my family. I've got four children ranging from the ages of 12 down to eight, and the last two are twins. And ironically, they were all kind of fussy sleepers, really liked to breastfeed to sleep, and that's where they liked to stay all night long. Um, but I was in a position that I didn't have to rush back to work, had a supportive partner, so kind of just, you know, muddled along. Um, and then, yeah, oh, and the, the real irony was that I never would have considered sleep school or sleep consultants back then, so that kind of makes me chuckle now. Um, then kind of fast forward to when... Um, or my twins were about, well, preschool, three or four, and we went around Australia on a trip and decided that neither of us wanted to be employees anymore. So um, we came back from our trip around uh, Australia. That took 12, 13 months. And um, I wanted to start up what I now look back and think was probably postpartum doula work, although at the time I didn't really realize that's what it was but I wanted to offer postpartum care in the home mm. but it seemed that nobody was really interested in that at the time there was zero interest um, but one of the mums from school said oh my sister-in-law needs a hand with um, getting her toddler to sleep and I thought oh, that's not really my area of expertise but hey let's you know give it a go or she wanted some help overnight with her newborn and her toddler and I said look you know, this on a regular basis is going to cost you lots of money. How about we just teach the toddler to sleep rather than me coming in to help you every fortnight, which I think is what she wanted. Um, And that's where it started. Turned out I was pretty good at it and then just educated myself properly on it all. And um, yeah, just drew on my midwifery background working with parents. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I love that you have this really multifaceted approach because um, I think that's really where a lot of people feel let down by sleep consultants is they perhaps don't have a really good understanding of breastfeeding and bonding and mental right. health and all of those kind of things, whereas mm. your range of experiences both professionally and as a mother mean that you probably have a much more holistic um, kind of approach. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I mentioned to you earlier today, look, a lot of what I do centers around the mother, not the baby. So it's mm. always key what mum is thinking and, 
you know, when you're really on the front line with a baby that doesn't want to go to sleep, I'm always looking at the mum more than the baby because if she's not coping or, you know, it's not okay with her, then that's not the method that we're going to choose and we'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm, so. Yeah, amazing. And so you um, are obviously now mostly a sleep consultant. You're doing a mm. little bit of midwifery still? Not really, no, not since April, and it's now, what, October. Yeah, great. So I've been so busy that I've been able to put that on the back burner and I'm really transitioning now between the two. So that's been an uncomfortable transition that you've heard lots about. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm coming round to it now. Yeah, um, look, I didn't check if it was okay for me to ask this question, but it's the question mm. that everyone always wants to know. Do you feel financially secure now as a small business working with mums? I do, but I never really know exactly what the months are going to hold. Like two months ago was a really great month. Um, And then this month is slow again. Luckily, I managed to put something aside from the busier months just to anticipate holidays and things. Um, But, yeah, you're never quite sure. So you need to have that sort of safety net there to be able to risk the quiet months. But I always view the quiet months as an opportunity to improve things or fine-tune things or, mm-hmm. you know, change stuff. Because when it's busy, it's busy and I get no time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, both of those, that when you are quiet, then you focus on growing your business. Yeah. And when you do have money coming in, you make sure that you're – managing your money sensibly so that you have money for the quieter months too because it's inevitable every business has cash flow problems i mean even yeah and and no one's paying me sick leave and no one's paying me annual leave so you know you've got to really think about those things and how did you come to newborn mothers collective what was it that made you join Oh, you're fantastic. Email marketing, I think, Julia. <laughs> it Which just, I've now taught to you. <laughs> yeah, well, it just popped up one day and it kept popping up and it kept popping up. And um, was it videos to begin with? Because I love the video thing. I just love watching people talk. And your lovely face kept popping up and telling me, you know, is this, you've got a deep calling to work with women and you know, I, I was already a sleep consultant then, but I thought, oh, I need to just get back in touch with what I felt you were saying to me. And yeah, in in doing your course, that's what it actually did was reconnect me to the basics of midwifery, which is what my dear lecturers taught me back in 1992, you know, about not being judgmental. Yeah, you felt like, yeah but you felt like you'd lost track of that in our absolutely in the hospital system it's just you know you've got an endless to-do list and you've just got to tick it off you've got to tick it off and you've got to write reams of notes and it kind of felt like I lost that real connection for mind mm. body you know all of that and um and seeing mum and baby as one rather than two separate patients and, um, and do you feel like you've found that with woman kind of connection now that oh, you're doing sleep yes, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, more so because there's an mm-hmm. end result now. Whereas with midwifery, you know, you, I'm at work for eight hours or 10 hours and, you know, I leave at the end of the shift not really knowing if I've helped much or if it's mm-hmm. all going to be undone again during that shift if someone picks over who doesn't. 
care as much and and um, I don't I don't ever get to know because I don't know those I won't see those people again so yes yeah so, so much much more job satisfaction now and you know people will call me months down the track and say hey how are you going guess what's happening and yeah they'll shoot me through the next issue that that needs dealing with so that's Oh, or that's say lovely. Or to say they're pregnant again. You know, mm-hmm. They've had enough, enough sleep that that little bit of magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you help them get sleep so that they fell pregnant again and then they can hire you again. <laughs> there you go. And this is what I say to them when they find that their husbands are the stumbling blocks with hiring. You know, it always seems to be the dads, doesn't it? Women don't really value their needs. And they're like, oh, I've just got to ask my husband. So I said, well, you remind him, happy wife, happy life. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And um, tell me about the actual work you do. You work with babies from what age? Right from newborns? Yeah, right from newborns. So with newborns, obviously, it's not a sleep in a sleep training capacity. It's always about training the parents, just training them to recognise tired signs in babies, and you know how much sleep babies need. Um, what signs to look out for when they're hungry, what signs to look out for when they're tired, overstimulation, all of that kind of stuff. And just to reassure them that a lot of what they're going through is just normal adaptation period and they've got to get to know each other. Um, But also letting them um, understand what little hurdles are probably coming their way shortly so they can prepare for those and know what to look out for. Hmm. And then from sort of five, six months old, when the baby starts to get a bit more cheeky, then we can be a bit more directive in, you know, what's expected for that age group. Um, Many people contact me with multiple overnight wakers and, you know, babies feeding five or six times overnight. Well, nutritionally, they don't need that. Emotionally, yes, they might. Um, But just kind of giving them a guideline of, of, what's enough and and what might be too much for them to deal with you know people just kind of give themselves up to their babies entirely but um one mum said to me today well you know is it not is it cruel just not demand feeding overnight and I said well the only real real cruel thing as I see it is if you're a mother who's become disconnected and resentful because you're feeding this baby constantly and so in the day you can't you know, be the mum you want to be. You can't interact. You can't be playful. You can't do all that, you know, chit-chatting with them because you're so tired that the babies don't get the stimulation they need. Yeah, it is a fine balance, isn't it? Um, you know, balancing the needs of the mother against the needs of the baby. You know, mm. and ideally when we had more of a village around us and more people helping with the share shared care of that child it would have been much easier to balance but at the moment yeah 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 so many people live miles away yeah and you know someone has to go to work so often the dads are the ones that go back and yeah mums are left at home feeling like they've got to do it all and wonderful social media you know making them feel like everybody's doing it so much better than they are Mm. is a constant battle Yes. Yeah. And often I think with sleep work, I haven't done a lot of it, but just a little bit, but I I find it is just about expectations. Often if you can release parents from unrealistic expectations, it's just a weight off their shoulders. They realise that 
their baby's normal, actually it's totally fine. <laughs> That's right. And some people even get in contact thinking they need to change things when actually when I quiz them on it, it's all working out fine, but they feel like they're comparing mm. themselves to the other mums in mothers' groups whose yeah, babies are sleeping through. and pressured by their mother-in-law or by their husband or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I say, call me when you've got a problem. I think you're doing great. <laughs> yeah that's great and that's what I love about you too because the other thing you always check in with before you start working with anyone is their mental health because sleep and mental health is just so interrelated isn't it oh hugely yeah absolutely and it's often a massive stumbling block when when you do feel like you need to make changes with the baby if you're constantly questioning in your own mind well I don't do I really need sleep? I'm being selfish. I don't need sleep. I can manage without a bit of sleep. Well, you can't. It's a basic human need, you know. Yes, you can manage with a bit less of it, but two or three hours a night, you know, something's going to unravel somewhere eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm, so it's just giving them permission almost to go, no, you need to put yourself first because, you know, what happens if you're sick? What happens if you can't be there for your partner or for your babies you know they need you to be okay yes tell tell me how it looks when you're working with older babies because i noticed on your website your packages go up to the age of four yes oh i love it bigger babies yeah i love it it's hilarious it's hilarious (laughs) because i can go home and leave them there and and let them deal with it but they're so cheeky (laughs) so cheeky um I think often what happens is the babies grow up and the parents are still viewing them as newborns and mm. thinking that, you know, wake-ups are purely physiological and, well, they obviously need something. And it's kind of pointing out to them that, you know how we do everything infant-led these days? Everything's infant-led weaning or um, demand feeding. It's all very much, you know, let the baby take the lead. Well, when they get to toddlerhood, all of that changes. It probably changes around eight, nine, ten months when they just start to really look at you and go, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to go to bed, you know, like children everywhere all over the world say to their parents. Are you loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book designed to nourish your mind body and soul after childbirth and my second book newborn mothers was a bestseller i know i can't believe it either it's about baby brain village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting you can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com books <laughs> and um yeah they'll try everything in their power to avoid it because they're they're learning all this amazing stuff their bodies are working in ways that they never knew they were capable of and um they don't have time for sleep i want to go to bed mum i've got stuff to do have you um, have you seen the book you know the adult book go the f to sleep oh yes yeah and they've done now a children's version that is um got no swear words in it Uh ah because what they realized was that a lot of children wanted to be in on the joke too that children found that that idea hilarious that they were knowingly tricking their mum and dad. Oh, really? Getting out of bed a thousand ah. times every night, you know, and all these toddlers yeah. just thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I bet they would. Well, <laughs> anyway, they're super cheeky. And um, I always say to their mums and dads, look, if you do nothing else, make it boring. 
it's got to be batshit boring and they'll stop waking up. You know, you don't have to abandon them. You don't have to not go to them. But if you go to them, you make it really boring. And if they're staying awake, it's not boring enough. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and a lot of people go, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, we'll do a bit of this. And if that doesn't work, well, I'll call hubby in and he can do a bit of this or that. And that's far too exciting. <laughs> far too exciting. <laughs> I love it. So it's very common sense advice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's what a lot of people say to me. So, yeah, not yeah. a lot of routines. I don't give out routines contrary to what a lot of people expect. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I just remember trying to follow routines when mine were babies and feeling hugely demoralised by 10 a.m. when my child obviously hadn't read the routine and <laughs> only wanted to sleep half an hour. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think routines are one of those things that naturally some people love routines. They and do. Some, and and some don't. Yeah. And you can't choose, like maybe you have a mum and a baby or a dad and a baby who both love routines, go for it. But you can't, you just can't force it, can you? <laughs> no, no. And, and often you see people buy online routines and, you know, there's this glimmer of hope that this is really going to work. And there's nothing wrong with the routine. The routine is fine for a baby that knows how to go to sleep on its mm. own. But if that baby requires a breast or constantly replace dummy or a feed to go to sleep, it's going to ping awake after one sleep cycle. And that's that. Possibly two, if you're lucky, two sleep cycles. But there's going to be multiple wakings and they're going to need that sleep association back in place before they can go to sleep. So the routine kind of just becomes useless in that sense yeah which is why no matter how many sleep books there are in the world people still want personalized customized support from a real human you know because it's such an individual Mm. thing for every family and and also if you've got you know what i'll tell one family i think they should do over another will vary depending on how many children they've got there's some methods that i know families with three preschoolers they're not going to have the time to dedicate to you know standing there and patting little bottoms you know yes Mm. yeah definitely and the 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 idea of having a routine for a third child when you've got to run around to activities and appointments and things with your older children I mean it's it's yeah so it becomes teaching them about how to make that baby more portable Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) more adaptable portable baby Um, yeah that's great. So, and you're getting so many clients now that you are thinking of launching an e-course. Do you want to tell yes. us about this? Yeah. Well, it's just in the very early stages, but I'm I'm quite excited. Yeah, just to see if I can. Well, I suppose make it more available to people that live far away from me as well. Like, even though I do um, distance help as well on phone and Skype and things. Um, and cost-wise as well, just making it more affordable for people. If I can just condense it all into a course, the main bits that I know, um, then, yeah, it's going to be more available to everybody and give them a taster as well before maybe, you know, people want that taster before leaping in at the deep end if that's what they need to do and, mm-hmm. you know, have a full-on personalised consultation. But mm-hmm. a lot of cases are very simple to fix um if fix is the right word and yeah they just need the main principles explained so 
Yes, and I find a lot of parents just need their confidence. They need a little bit of reassurance, don't they? Mm. Yeah. And I like the idea of doing it in a group setting so that they can hear what other people are going through as well because everybody thinks they've got the worst baby in the world. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. lost track of how many times people have asked me, is she the, is she the worst one you've ever come across? Oh. <laughs> like a no. Oh, God, no. No. Oh, yeah, we just have no idea what normal parenting and normal baby behaviour is like in our culture, do we? We su- live in such an unfamily-friendly society yeah. that, yeah. yeah, you kind of expect, like we were saying earlier, you expect a portable baby so that you can still go to weddings and restaurants and yeah. on the aeroplane and all of these places which are incredibly inappropriate mm. situations for babies to be in. Not, you know, just because they're just not suitable babies aren't happy in a lot of those Mm. environments so yes that's right it's just we just don't know what is normal do we (laughs) (laughs) no no you don't know what to compare it to and then you know by the time you have your third or your fourth you don't really care what other people do anyway and that's probably why babies are more likely to become portable then because you just kind of oh whatever happens we'll deal with it Yes, I always make a point of smiling at mums who have got one toddler having a tantrum because I always think when it's your first, I mean, it might not be their first, they might have other children, but, you know, you can often tell that level of anxiety of a mum with one child who thinks that, Mm. oh, my gosh, everyone's looking at me and everyone's judging me. And I always make a point to, you know, smile and laugh with them. And, Yeah. yeah, because having three kids... It's just part of being a parent, isn't it? Your kids are going to chuck tantrums in in embarrassing places and make a mess in embarrassing places. I mean, times my kids, when they've been toilet training, for example, have just weed on the floor somewhere really inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In in fact, I was at Parliament House the other day at a climate protest and my toddler just pulled his willy out and just weed. Oh, great. At Parliament wow. House. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to be me out of here. <laughs> is is that peaceful protest? Him. I'm not yeah. sure. Is that? I did not teach him to do that, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> He's just feeding the grass. He's giving the grass a little drink. Yeah. That's all. Yes, exactly. He just knew yeah. those trees looked like they needed a bit of water. <laughs> uh, look, and I, I had a friend, I still have a friend who's got seven children, and... Um, she always says, I love it when other people's kids are having a tantrum. I just love it because <laughs> it makes mine look good. So, you know, you've got to think that as well. You know, if your kid's having a tantrum, you're making someone feel a bit better about that. Yes, yes, that's great. That's great. Um, one more thing I want to ask you before we wrap up. I know you've had, um, you know, your fair share of challenges and things, but I know especially you've had two sort of challenges that we've talked about a lot. One of them is your transition out of, that midwifery and actually finally letting that career go. And the other one is transitioning into the online space and creating e-courses. They're both really big hurdles. What do you do to overcome these mental challenges? Look, much as, you know, I'd love to just bail out and hire the VA to do all my tech stuff. I just I like to know how it works. It frustrates me that I don't know enough about technology, so I just battle away, slowly chip away and, and get it done. You know, you said to me, you've just got to get in there and, and, and do it, yeah, because I'm not willing to hand over that control yet. If, if it's just legwork but I understand it, yes, I'm happy to hand that over then. 
Mm. understand it first so as far as technology goes I'm just going to keep plugging away till I understand it Mm -hmm. I did some coding today I don't know how I managed that but anyway that's clever I embedded something in my website well done well done yeah so it's just just pure determination you think it's just a matter of just keep putting one foot in front of the other and googling a lot yep but I'm I'm getting there. So email marketing was a huge hurdle for me. And I've just, I remember saying to you many a time, Oh, I just, I just don't know how to do it. And you're like, you just do it, get on and play. So that's what I did. Um, And then yes, moving away from midwifery, I think because I was, well, I started my training when I was 18. So I've been part of that institution for so long that I felt like I needed someone to go, sure, Katie, off you go, go and go and pursue what you want to do. Um, I needed permission to go off and do that. But I thought, well, no one's going to give me permission. I've just got to, you know, take that leap of faith and see what's there. Yeah. Yeah. Although you did have a couple of discussions in our um, membership groups, didn't you, with the other graduates? And there yeah. was definitely some other people who said, oh, it's been a weight off my shoulders. I feel so free. Yeah, yeah, the so, same. Yeah. And I, I think in the same week as well, I hooked up with a friend who's um, a, a GP and lactation consultant and she's just stepped away. She said, I burned out. I want to go into life coaching. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. You stepped away from general practice to become a life coach wow. and a yoga, a yoga practitioner, uh, meditation practitioner. And yeah. so she said, you know, if you're not being authentic to yourself, what, what could I eat to anybody? So I kind of went, oh, mm. oh wow. She That's can so do amazing. that. <laughs> then I think I can. And she'd got no job to go to. So yeah. I'd already, I've got a job. I've got, following and I've got clients and I've got an income so what are you struggling with but yeah yes well it's that shift of identity isn't it if it's something you've really been doing your whole life and and being a midwife it is really a calling and a lot of midwives love their jobs but some of them do really suffer in the this system they find they can't be midwives yeah um in the current system we have so Mm. I can understand that's a lot to process yeah it, the joy had gone out of it in the way that I was practicing. Mm. Um, I think because I'd always um, worked casually since coming to Australia, I never um, got a full-time post in a permanent place. So I was always kind of moving from one hospital to another, which I'm, I'm sure contributed to that. Um, but, yeah, it just meant that I was always filling in for people and, you know, taking up the slack. So mm. I, I was never going to form good relationships in that sense but with a young family you know that's all I could really afford to do I couldn't afford to give away regular slots in my time no no yeah so So if people want to learn more about you if there's any mums listening for example who are like Katie sounds like you could help me or if there's any professionals listening who are like oh I have so many clients who need help with sleep um, so everyone can find you at katiesbabies.com.au and I'll yeah. make sure I put that link up in the show notes. Thank you. And you have a free ebook and you do, do, yeah, and you do some online work as well as local work on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I've just recently had a client over in the UK, um, but it's yeah, there's a lot of distance clients as well. 
if I feel like it's something I can't handle over the phone, then I'll be honest and say, look, I really feel like you need to find a sleep consultant closer yeah. to you. Um, but more sort of typical issues that I see more frequently than say, yeah, look, let's give it a go. And my follow-up is ongoing, so it's not like people have a time limit to see success in. I think if you... A few others have, you know, a limit of two or three weeks or a month. Um, some people take longer than others. So some people take a few days, others take a couple of months. So yes. that way. So it's very reassuring for mums to know that. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll and, see they don't, and also uh, one client said that, you know, over the phone, they can do things at their own pace. They can just take some time to absorb the information and just implement different things one at a time so that mm. works well mm. oh, yeah fabulous, so I've Katie. got the I've got the ebook as well for anybody who is thinking that they want to go down the route of altering uh, sleep routines for their babies but just need to get their thoughts aligned with the aims that they feel they've got so you know really wanting the change and making sure that they want it enough and life is convenient enough at the moment to um devote the time and energy to it that they need to i love that because you have this really authentic way of selling katie where you really check in with things like people's mental health with their expectations with their determination to make changes you know because there i feel like there are some sleep consultants and books out there who kind of trick people into thinking that they need to do sleep training mm -hmm. um you know, and then they can sell them their stuff. But mm. you're absolutely the opposite. You spend quite a lot of time making sure that this is the right decision for families before well, they hire you. That's right. I don't want any unhappy clients, you know, and I want success stories. So I need to know that, you know, there's no alternative. Like, do you, just, do you need a cleaner? Do you need a babysitter? Do you need a childminder? Mm. Do you need any of those? Because this isn't the easy option. Um, mm. and it's going to take dedication and commitment it's not a quick fix I'm not going to come to your house and fix your baby you're no it's not going to be like a, your baby will be sleeping from seven till seven in three nights kind of a thing no and you know I'm always I'm always going to post the testimonials of people that go oh my god she changed my life in 24 hours <laughs> but um, that's mostly not the case you know no it, no that's right because babies are, are human beings <laughs> yes yes they are indeed <laughs> good thank you so much katie it's been really awesome to chat oh thank you for having me uh good and everyone can check out katiesbabies.com.au and um yeah download the free ebook and maybe book an online support or local support package if you live in the mornington peninsula see you later katie thank you bye bye here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.